Welcome to the Weekly Review. That was Alicia Keys with the live version of Holy War, a new single that came out. I have to thank Megan for uh, letting us know about that song. Uh, I thought that was very, it's a beautiful song and it says a lot and it's rare to find music that is meaningful and the lyrics are symbolic and just kind of say a lot about what's happening in our terrible backed, background, background, no, backwards world. That's the word I'm looking for, backwards. Hello. It's Friday. It's October 28th. We're waiting for this election to be over. Um, I fear that things are still going to be pretty terrible afterwards. And this is coming from an optimist. So watch out. Uh, so it's been a really tumultuous week. I do say that every week. Trigger warning. This is a news program. <laughs> we'll be going over the news. We also have some guests coming in today. So very much looking forward to having them uh, come in. They'll be coming in around 1230. So definitely do stay tuned. Uh, we've got uh, Jeff and Sterling coming in. Uh, and we'll have some music. We'll have some good conversation. It'll be really good. And it's always better to, you know, the, the more the merrier, certainly. 
so as far as yesterday goes, there were massive arrests happening at Standing Rock. There's a lot of news articles that have come about. You can check them all out. I don't have, there, there won't be the time to go over everything today on the show. However, if you want to check out facebook.com slash weekly rev, I have uh, uploaded and shared as much as I can find. There's a lot also from Unicorn Riot as well as It's Going Down. Independent journalists who are reporting what's happening. The mainstream media has finally decided to cover it. Finally. Months later, they've decided to cover it. Hillary Clinton finally decided to say something about it that is pretty much in line with, oh yeah, people have the right to protest and people have the right to their jobs. Um, however, when it's like you can't, I feel like equating the two is just really problematic because these people's jobs are desecrating the land and building pipelines that are going to spill. It's not a matter of um, they might spill, like they are going to. There have been so many like oil spills that it's not like, oh, maybe maybe it'll happen. It's no, it's going to happen. The water is going to get poisoned. And so the oil, the energy companies who haven't been, they haven't said anything. They send out their security forces to go and attack and arrest protesters. And these are peaceful protesters, the people that are on their land, on their fucking land, trying to protect, trying to protect the water, protect the earth. And they're being arrested for that. And they're being attacked. They brought in like tanks. They brought in weapons, like guns, all sorts of shit. It's, it's. Uh, I was talking to JD who has the show on before this about it. And, you know, he's saying, he's saying, isn't this illegal? I'm like, yes, it's illegal. And the thing is, we've seen this before at so many other protests when people are protesting police brutality, they, they fucking or occupy wall street. The folks that come in, they bring in their weapons and they're, it's like, who are you serving and who are you protecting? They're it's, they're the one, they're just doing a job, I guess. And their job involves harassing people and hurting people and attacking people. And many people are being held without bail. It's really, it's, and then also just looking at the history of this of this nation, and it's the the land has been continued to be like stolen from people, and then they're being attacked. It's it's a disgrace and it's disgusting. And I'm furious, and I know I'm not alone in that. And yesterday I could feel like the energy, like just like I could feel it zapped out, zapped out of me. It's it's just reprehensible what's happening. Uh, so there's an article I'm going to get to. Uh, I was going to rant, rant a little bit, and there's a lot to rant about. Um, in addition, you know, there's like the personal and there's the political, and it all seems kind of tied together. And this country just, and I, there's a lot of victim blaming that happens. And someone says, oh, I was mistreated or something bad happened to me, or someone said something problematic. And oftentimes I found myself in the, I found myself in a situation uh, the other day on Wednesday, I was talking about something really painful that happened to me. And the person I was telling who I was hoping I could confide in instead of saying, oh, that sounds terrible. Tell me about how you feel instead was taking the side of the person who did the who said the damaging thing. And one can say, yes, intentions are good. I, I do believe that most people do act out of love and maybe it's maybe misguided or maybe people do things to hurt each other. And at the same time, it feels really frustrating to be told that. Uh, just to ignore it, to ignore that pain. And especially as a trans person, what I was talking about was a transphobic uh, instance. And there's a lot of them every day. Every day I have them. Every fucking day. Every day. And our entire lives are pretty much based in navigating this world that tells us we, c we cannot and should not exist. And how to do that and still be a kind person, be a generous person, be an honest person. And I'm not saying I don't fuck up. I'm not saying I don't hurt other people. I'm not saying that at all. I am saying that to survive 
in a world that is, there's all these messages. Some are more overt than others, um, but it happens in so many ways. And it's really painful when people who are close, who are close to us are the ones who are the ones perpetrating that and the ones who are just enacting the status quo and using uh, one's trans status against them. And that's, it, it's really, it's a shame. And it makes me feel really upset. And that's when, the, you know, the personal is political. And uh, it's, I think, just representative of the culture we live in. And I was talking to another friend the other day, had a really good conversation, and we were talking about <laughs> blaming things, you know, blaming capitalism on a lot of things because they were also in a situation that was stressful and anxiety-inducing. And, we, you know, we were just saying, like, if our basic needs had been met, in, in general, if people's basic needs were met, if we were guaranteed housing, if we were guaranteed food and health care, if our basic safety and and needs were, were met, everything else would feel a hell of a lot easier. And instead, we're put in dangerous situations where maybe we we live with someone that we don't feel comfortable living with and or we take jobs that are not good for us or are abusive. In order to survive, we end up putting ourselves in these really dangerous situations. And if that wasn't the case, if there was a way where we could just live on this planet without uh, fear, uh, without being hurt, fear of being hurt, if that was guaranteed, then I think a lot of these other like microaggressions and other things that would happen would would cease, or at least they would they'd cut down on it a lot, I would imagine. And unfortunately, that's that's not the case. And I'm just getting pretty tired. I've been tired for a very, very long time, and I keep on going, but I'm really, really tired. And uh, I mean, it's just representative of this country, though. It really is, because I know I'm not alone, because I keep on having conversations. I've been talking to a lot of different people lately, and there's a lot of that same, a lot of those, those same feelings of just, we have to keep on going. And there is that just, um, even like a need for revenge, certainly, against the system and against massive oppression that's been happening in this nation and around the world for a long time against people and against people's bodies. You know, one tragedy, one trauma should be, it feels like it's enough to just want to sit everything out. And then every day there's something else. And then reading about this, people who are putting their lives and their bodies on the line to protect water and they're being attacked for it. And then one person who is fucking running for fucking president is going to put that, say that's somehow equal to other people needing a job. That somehow the people who are going to put in the fucking pipeline, that, they're, that, that that's somehow on par with the people whose land has been fucking stolen from them and it's being invaded and the water that people depend on is going to be fucking poisoned. How can you equate those two? How can you not take a side in this situation? And this is the person that people are flocking to because the alternative is worse. And that's why I don't think things are going to get better after the election. I don't, unless things really do change and then there is a, an organized revolution of some sort. I know what I was going to say. I was going to share my dreams. I had a dream the other night. Uh, probably get in trouble for saying a lot of things, but might as well say it. I don't know who's listening to the show. That's a good thing. Is the NSA even listening to the show? Do, do you listen? I don't know. But this is a dream I had. Just a dream. I was asleep. Can't take credit for it. And in the dream, th some bad stuff was happening, <laughs> as is common in the world. And I had the opportunity to act. And there were some corrupt police, which is 
happens in the world and in my dream world too this is the stuff i dream about by the way i don't like dream about. i'm like riding a pony through the field and there's like flowers and trees no it's like concrete like revolutionary like actions and how can i take part and how can we actively change things so i'm in the in the stream world and there's a corrupt police person and there is a option to like have a car explode have this police car explode and i was like this is exciting and okay, I'll take part in it. And again, I'm saying this is my dream. This is not something I actually did in real life. Hello. And um, I decided to take part in this and the, this happens and uh, the, the car explodes and this police officer dies. And I think someone else who's also in the car also dies. And afterwards I did feel, I was like, hmm, I feel conflicted about this and maybe I shouldn't have done that. So that's that's some food for thought, recognizing that, uh, again, this is just a dream I had, but this is stuff I dream about all the time. It's how to, how to fight back. So I feel like that's important to share. There's one more thing I was going to, going to share, and that was um, my birthday's on election day, which makes me incredibly sad. And I'm not necessarily a big birthday person, but it's also hard not to, you know, you have one day of the year where it's like, oh, people maybe call you and they, they do nice things for you, which I think we all should do for each other every day of the year. But the fact that it's this year on this terrible fucking election day is already like just, oh, this is a shame. And so I was talking to my therapist about it and I was like, oh, yeah, my birthday's coming up. And he said, when is it? And I said, oh, it's election day. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, well, what do you want for your birthday? And I said to burn down the White House. And again, not something I'm planning on doing, but that's kind of where my anger is at and where my energy is at. And I'm not looking forward to my birthday this year. I'm not looking forward to November 8th. And when I was a kid, it was something that, you know, we maybe rally around. We have this one, again, this one day of the year to maybe feel special. And again, it could be every day of the year, we could be looking out for each other. We could be getting each other gifts. We could be celebrating each other instead of waiting for this one day. And it also feels kind of selfish that it's like this, oh, it's about one person on this day. Um, but given the energy and like, already recognizing how much violence has occurred preceding the election and how much will occur on election day. I, I mean, it's, there's no doubt. It's not like it's just going to dissipate and what's going to happen afterwards. It's just, we're like going right into this and I don't feel like there's a way of, it's like a train that's like off the track. That's how I feel about this country. It's a train that's been off the track for a very long time, going in the wrong direction, hitting people along the way, and how do we st how do we steer it? How do we stop it? Actually, we just need to stop it. And the fact that these cops are abusing these water protectors in North Dakota, and it's the independent journalists who are the ones who are actually reporting it. No one's fucking stepping in to help. The people in power are the ones who are supporting it or remaining silent. Uh, it doesn't give me a lot of hope. But the fact that people are at least waking up to it is somewhat hopeful. So I'm going to play a clip, and this is um, from Bioneers.org, and this is uh, Five Ways to Support Water Protectors in Standing Rock, North Dakota. So they definitely were calling for a lot of people to go out there in person if you were able to. And, and this is, of course, this is something that's been going on for a really long time. So I'm going to play this clip. And this goes on for a little bit, but this will definitely have a much more well-rounded uh, view of it and concise and it just gives it much better, a much better representation of what's happening than I could ever give. It's not an understatement that 
The fight right now against Dakota Access Pipeline is monumental, and that we have never seen something like this, and that we, this is historic not only for us as Indigenous peoples and our struggle for the recognition of our rights as Indigenous peoples, but also for this movement right now. That we have the possibility, and I have the firm belief, that we will stop a pipeline that's carrying over 500,000 barrels of oil to uh, per day, that is 60% complete, and we will stop it in its tracks. In this moment, this fight isn't just happening there on the ground, isn't just those on the front lines, even though they are putting their bodies on the line, it's each and every one of us that has a part to play in this. So thank you very much. I'm gonna pass it on to my next relative here. Uh, my name is Tara Hauska. I'm with Honor the Earth and have been spending the last three, almost the last three months now out at the Standing Rock Sioux Reservation, standing up for what's right, standing up for what's all. Um, so many of my friends and relatives were arrested yesterday. Over 100 people now are being distributed throughout North Dakota because the jail can't even hold that many folks. Um, they were maced. They were asked to leave and then just surrounded by police officers and arrested anyway. Um, they're acting without any consequence, any real uh, sense of justice. These are US citizens just like everyone else. We deserve rights just like everyone else. This company has done so many things um, that have been so egregious both at a legal level, a human level, a moral level. Um, one thing that stands out in my mind was when the tribe actually exercised, people keep saying, you know, where, where were you in the process? The tribe has been engaged in the process. The process does not acknowledge Native American rights. There is no process that is just, that they are participating in, but they've still participated nonetheless. And we watched as the tribe filed and, and let Dakota Access know, they let the court know that there are sacred sites all the way along the pipeline route, and they identified several of those sites. The following day, Dakota Access skipped dozens of miles in their construction plan to destroy those sites. That's what happened. That is how this company is behaving. Um, and that is how our court is not acknowledging what is bad faith? That is the perfect example of what bad faith is, what bad faith looks like. And that's what they did to these folks. But enough is enough. We are standing together, we are standing strong. There are indigenous peoples that have come from all over this world, from all over this planet to stand with Dakota, Dakota Access. There are allies that have come and lended their support and they're needed. Right now, almost every single person in my camp has been arrested. We're running low on numbers. We need human beings to come out and stand with us. And if you can't, there are other ways you can support. You can go to the Sacred Stone Facebook page. You can go to the Red Warrior Facebook page. There are, there are places where you can donate to send tents, to send legal funds, to try and actually have a, a method of, of rectifying this wrong and supporting the people that are out on the ground. You can come to Honor the Earth, you can come to Indigenous Environmental Network. These folks have been out on the ground um, for months. We've been trying to organize and keep this together. There are so many ways you can help. Um, you can call the Army Corps of Engineers. Please call the Army Corps of Engineers. They're the ones that have the final permitting decision. They're the ones that can stop this project in its tracks. 
Call them. Call President Obama. Call Hillary Clinton. Where is she on this issue? There are many ways you can participate. Thank you. I said hello relatives. My name is Ingle Woman. My English name is Candy Mossett and I've been at the camp with my three-year-old daughter since August 15th and um, it's hard to stand up here and it's, it's so surreal being here but I, I appreciate each and every one of you for being here and for allowing us to speak today because it's been really hard to be there. Um, my daughter wakes up in the morning when we're in the tent and she hears these helicopters and she sees these planes and she's like, Mama, look! And she's all excited. She doesn't even understand that they're spying on us because we're water protectors. And I go out to pray at these sites and that's all I'm doing. I'm there and I'm praying and I'm met with militarized police holding batons, spraying people in the face with these huge cans of pepper spray. And we're unarmed and we're standing there and we're praying and we're being arrested and when they take us into the jail cells, they bend us over to look for contraband. They feel everywhere on our bodies to make sure that there's not something we're concealing which is not legal. They're not supposed to do that if there's no contraband involved. Everybody is being demoralized and dehumanized by this, these police that are supposed to protect the citizens of this country. And instead, they're protecting energy transfer partners and Dakota Access Pipeline. What's happening today and what you see on Facebook and what you see is, is not the historical thing. It's not what happened to Native Americans back in the day. It's what's happening to us right now. This country is founded on taking our land from us. And we need people to realize that it's not history. It's now. And we need people to help us. And by praying with us, this all started in prayer and ceremony where they said, if we stood in prayer, we would win. And people tell us, what are you doing? It's 60% complete. Well, we know that we have a huge fight and we're not guaranteed to win any fight when we speak up and speak our voice. But we know that we are guaranteed to fail if we don't at least try. And that's what we're doing. We're trying. And we need you all. Come and stand with Standing Rock. Stand with Standing Rock. Come with us and be with us. Pray with us, everybody. We need you. Help us. We believe that we can win. 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 Okay, so you can find that video at bioneers.org, and I'm going to read a few ways that folks can help out. Uh, one is that if you are able to go there in person to go to the Osili uh, Sakoan camp, um, you can do that. Um, number two is to share, and again, all these all this information can be found on the on the articles page if you go to bioneers.org. Uh, five ways to support water protectors standing at Standing Rock, North Dakota. So one is to go there in person. 
uh, to share the news. Uh, news is coming out directly from the Sacred Stone camp on a daily basis. Sharing it far and wide with your networks is a way to increase critical visibility for this issue. Three, communicate. If you want to reach out to your elected representatives and uh, if you want, reach out to your elected representatives and the Army Corps of Engineers, and they have a way to, and I'm clicking on that right now, so we can bring that to that bring you to that information. And they'll connect you to, if you go to standingrock.org, they have that information on that page there. Um, also, support uh, both Sacred Stone, the original prayer camp, and Red Warrior, a direct action camp, are providing hot meals and supplies to those on the front line, so you can donate to those camps. Um, and then also just uh, donating. Uh, so both camps have separate legal funds. The RWC legal fund is currently used to hire attorneys to fight felony charges, and the SSC legal fund is being used for bail. <sighs> so yeah, please spread the word. Get out. Donate if you can. Go out there if you can. Um, let folks who are not aware that this is happening know that this is indeed happening. Uh, the more people who are involved in this, uh, the better. So we'll be taking a bit of a music break, and we'll be back in a little bit.
secret chord The David played and it pleased the Lord But you don't really care for music, do you? Well, it goes like this The fourth, the fifth The minor fall and the major lift The baffled king composing To her kitchen chair, and she broke your throne, and she cut your hair, and from your lips she drew. Maybe there 
It's not a cry that you hear at night It's not somebody who's seen the light It's a cold and it's a broken hallelujah 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 happened with the medics you were in in the car? The, the medics who were driving our medic car, uh, after we were struck and knocked off the back of the medic car, police advanced and without even letting our medic driving put her vehicle in park, pulled her out and arrested her. One of our other medics was nearly struck by that vehicle oh, while it was still moving uh, because they, they pulled her out while uh, without letting her stop the vehicle. Oh, uh, and he was arrested, both of those medics were arrested. Uh, were they were they clearly marked medic? Both of them were clearly marked, and the vehicle that we were in had red crosses on it, and they knew they had red crosses. They had seen us treating people all morning already. They knew they we were medics. They had already identified us as medics, and even intentionally taken one of the tools, a squirt bottle of spray that I was going to treat people who they took it away from you? He snatched, snatched it, he snatched it through the line. They sprayed me with my hands up and my back to him with all my medic markings clearly showing me. They sprayed me head to toe. Um, yeah, we saw that the, the shooter at the top of the MRAP had a silencer on his assault rifle. Oh, if they're here for peace, if they're not here for trickery, why do they have silencers on their weapons? We saw them shoot numerous beanbag rounds out of shotguns. They pointed shotguns at me. They pointed shotguns at my back while I was treating patients. People were repeatedly calling for folks to take their finger off the trigger because they were standing in line with their fingers on their trigger. And that was... Those are some words from some medics over at uh, Standing Rock. Uh, there's, uh, I'm at a loss of words, pretty much of what's of what's happening, and feel the need to get out as much as possible. There's, of course, also a lot of other <laughs> horrible things happening in the world. This isn't meant to be a depressing 
or frustrating or angering show. However, when there's a lot of things happening that aren't reported, I feel it's it's our duty to to start and talk about these things. There's an article in The Independent recently. Uh, Facebook deliberately targeting Palestinian accounts after meeting with Israeli government, rights groups say. Social media giant accused of disabling accounts of activists and journalists following talks with Israeli ministers last month on how to tackle incitement on the platform. This was written by uh, Bethan McKernan, and this came out on October 25th. And again, you can find this article at independent.co.uk. A new report from a Palestinian rights organization has found that the, the number of incidents in which people, including many journalists, have been arrested for social media posts has drastically increased in the last year, leading to worries over an Israeli crackdown on the right to freedom of expression. Social media sites are an efficient window to empower journalists and Palestinians in general to express their opinions freely. Musa Ramawi, author of the report and director of the Palestinian Center for Development and Media Freedoms, Mata, said, but systemic surveillance and observation by Israeli occupation authorities means they have become an open platform for persecution and oppression relating to users' opinions. While there is no legal precedent in Israeli law for charging people with criminal offenses related to online posts, the state worried that inflammatory content online has fueled a spike in Israeli-Palestinian violence in the last 12 months, created a cybercrime unit in October 2015 to monitor and control what is published on the internet. In addition, Israeli authorities are also pressuring social media companies to do more to remove posts which could incite violence, including drafting laws, which digital rights groups say would be unworkable, to compel platforms to take down content that could incite violence. A delegation from Facebook met with government officials in September for what what were described as successful talks by Interior Minister Jalad Erdin's office. Online extremism can only be tackled with a strong partnership between policymakers, civil society, academia, and companies, and this is true everywhere, a representative for Facebook said, adding that the company meets with governments all over the world to combat hate speech and incitement to violence. This week, the activist collective Palestinian Information Center, PIC, reported that at least 10 of their administrators' accounts for their Arabic and English Facebook pages, followed by more than 2 million people, have been suspended seven of them permanently, which they say is a result of new measures put in place in the wake of Facebook's meeting with Israel. Facebook gave no explanation why, other than that, members had violated Facebook's community standards. PIC member Rami Salam told The Independent, the move was about preventing our voice from reaching out to the world rather than incitement, he said. One video Mr. Salam said was taken down of a college graduate in Gaza starting a small business was removed because it contained nudity, even though it didn't. Seemingly, the video was reported by Israelis and Facebook did not even bother to check, he added. A representative from Facebook told The Independent it was looking into the claims made by PIC. We care about the voices, opinion, and rights of all the different communities on Facebook, he added. Palestinian voices will be, on, will be as safe on Facebook as every other community on our platform. A 2015 report found that 96% of Palestinians said their primary use of Facebook was for following news. Mata says that this shows the extreme importance of social media platforms and thus the potential impact disabling activists and journalists' accounts could have for the dissemination of information relevant to Palestinian interests. Since last October, at least 150 arrests have been made on charges of incitement, but Palestinians and digital rights monitors say that in many cases, posts are not relevant or critical of Israeli government policy rather than direct calls to violence. 
uh, that in many cases the posts are not relevant or critical of Israeli government policy rather than direct calls to violence. Since 2014, 61 Palestinian journalists and nine Israeli journalists have been prosecuted for online posts, the new report from Mata found. In August, five journalists at Hebron startup Sanabal Radio were also arrested in a dawn raid during what an Israeli army spokesperson said was an ongoing effort against incitement. Last month, several senior journalists from Shahab and Quds news agencies in the West Bank reported their Facebook accounts used to update professional pages, which reached millions of people, had been temporarily suspended, and a move Facebook later said had been an error. Facebook likes and shares have also been submitted as evidence in military trials for incitement. West Bank legal charity Adamir told The Independent, as was reported in the sentencing of a, pal of a Palestinian astrophysics professor supportive of militant group Hamas earlier this month. Prosecutors use the numbers of likes and shares of specif uh, specified posts while failing to connect these posts or these individuals to acts of violence. The trend is an alarming one. Adamir director Sahar Francis told The Independent at the time. The Israeli Defense Force did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Many Palestinians have called for boycotts of the company for perceived collusion with the Israeli authorities and worries over the fact Facebook activity could be used to target activists. Mr. Salam of PIC said that Facebook was too important a platform for the group to leave. While we feel frustrated and distracted, we're more determined to continue our activism for Palestine. We utilize all available platforms, even those trying to silence us, to make sure Palestine's voice is heard loud and clear, he said. Whew. So, again, you can find that article at independent.co.uk, and it's also paste, paste it. It's also posted on our Facebook page. Ironic, I know that we get a lot of the information out there through Facebook. And that you can find that at facebook.com slash weeklyrev. So we'll be joined by our two guests at 1 o'clock, so that's coming up in about 13 minutes, so please do stay tuned. Another article that's similar, similar in nature and that deals with uh, social media spying on folks. And a few years ago, we had a great uh, guest in Alicia Bales who was talking about doing environmental justice work and activism back in the 90s and how there was surveillance. And just in general, there's always been surveillance on activist groups like Black Panthers, um, American Indian Movement. There's, there's always been the surveillance from the state coming in to disrupt uh, the work that the folks are doing. And, and now... Um, a lot of people are just posting their, their stuff on social media and police are using that as another way to repress folks. So this comes from the ACLU. Social media helps police spy on activists. Police are using social media surveillance companies, analytics, and search capabilities to monitor activists protesting police brutality. The ACLU of California broke news that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram had data deals with uh, Geofedia, a social media company that characterized activist groups and unions as overt threats and marketed its tool to monitor protests. In an important first step, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter cut off Geofedia, but Geofedia is just a piece of the puzzle. Many companies sell social media surveillance tools to police. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram need to take additional steps to safeguard users against police surveillance. Social media is a driver for activism, political conversation, and the fight for human rights. We need to make sure it continues to be a safe forum for millions to connect about the most important issues in our lives and can't be used for funnels for a surveillance database. And if you go to ACLU, you can sign the petition. You can tell Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to slam shut surveillance side doors and make sure their data can't be used for discriminatory surveillance. 
So again, uh, you can check out this article and this link on our Facebook page, or you go to the ACLU as well as ACLU nationwide to find that information. Most of the articles we've had up recently on the Facebook page have been about the no DAPL uh, uh, pipeline. It's it's approaching almost at the one o'clock mark, and it's been quite a quite a show already. There's also an article out about uh, the Clinton's pick for Treasury Secretary announces a plan to privatize Americans' retirement savings. That's pretty shitty. Won't go into that, but if you'd like to read more, if you go to trueactivist.com. And uh, there's also just a few more articles here uh, if you want to check out as well. There's also a call for uh, bodywork practitioners to go to Standing Rock. And I'm reading from quote from uh, Susan Raffo, who's in Minneapolis. There's a need for those who can offer specific physical support, such as massage, craniosacral therapy, myofascial work, and other forms of care for people who have been sleeping on the ground for a long time, working long hours, and dealing with the changes in the weather. There has also been a call out for people who have experience with trauma, nervous system activation, and other forms of stress. These calls exist alongside the terrible, the incredible, uh, these calls exist alongside the incredible healing ceremony and prayer that is happening all throughout the camps and is held by the indigenous people living there. Folks at the People's Movement Center are working in partnership with the Standing Rock Medic and Healers Council to coordinate those who might be able to go and offer body work. Our goal is to support body workers to be able to arrive and connect in as quickly as possible with, at, with the least strain on the people who are already there and to support your readiness to offer in a way that is deeply respectful to the Native traditions, practices, and communities living at the multiple camps. For non-Native practitioners hoping to attend, we have materials to share with you that will help you prepare spiritually and politically uh, to be in respectful solidarity with what is happening. You, uh, we can also help you think about what you need to bring in order to stay warm and in support and in support of your practice if you're able to go and offer at Standing Rock for some period of time or have further questions, please email us. And the email is bodyworkforstandingrock at gmail.com. Again, that email address is bodyworkforstandingrock at gmail.com. All right, we're going to take a bit of a music break, and when we are back, we'll be back with uh, Jeffrey and Sterling, so please stay tuned. You're listening to the Weekly Review on Mutiny Radio, coming to you from San Francisco. It's been a long, 
gotta come. Oh, yes, it is. There's a time I will go to my brother. A chance to talk Can't help but wonder where the money's got Need another miracle Believe it or not You still need it Just the same There seem to be less angels On those boarded up streets Ask anyone that you meet They'll say God's playing favorites
just enough for me right here So if that old chariot could swing low enough on me I'm so far in the red, Lord I could use a little company I got my ear to the ground I keep my hand on that plow They said the work would set me free I should be dancing by now but everybody's got to eat And I don't believe that good Lord He'd come and knock me off my feet Cause I got trouble Just enough for me Right here So come on Thank you so much for that. Welcome back to the Weekly Review. We are joined by Sterling Spence and Jeffrey Nelson-Blake. I'm going to read some quick bios for everyone. So that was just Sterling Spence on the guitar and vocals. Uh, Sterling Spence is a San Francisco Bay Area native with a background in faith-based nonprofits. He works as project director for Canvasback Missions, where he helps organize Micronesian communities around health issues domestically and in the Republic of the Marshall Islands, as well as working for the American Friends Service Committee with their Healing Justice Department doing criminal justice reform in California. He has previously worked with Jeff at Ben the Ark, a Jewish partnership for justice, where he learned the organizing process from 
leaders working around criminal justice reform, progressive tax, and housing issues in the Bay Area. He's currently finishing an MA program in ethics and social theory at the Graduate Theological Union in Berkeley, California, with thesis work focusing on the ethical responsibilities in faith-based nonprofits working on political and health issues in his free time. He writes, performs, and records in the indie folk band Westerly with a new album, Fire in the Evergreens, coming out in January. Uh, Westerly plays throughout the Bay Area and can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and their website, www.westerlytheband.com. And joining Sterling as a, a previous guest on, we've had on the show, uh, Jeffrey Nelson-Blake. Jeffrey is the director of the National Interfaith Community Organizing Residency, COR, at Bend the Ark, a Jewish partnership for justice. His life's work is at the intersection of faith and justice, having served as both a con congregational minister and a community organizer. He received a BA in sociology from La Sierra University and a master's in div... Divinity. Divinity, awesome, from the Seventh-day Adventist Theological Seminary at Andrews University. His writing has been featured in the Washington Post, Religion Dispatches, and in contribution to the book, Do Justice, Our Call to Faithful Living. Thank you very much for joining us, Jeffrey and Sterling. Hey, we're so glad to be here. I'm yeah. glad to be here. I don't know about you. Thanks for having <laughs> us. It's good to be back. Yeah, welcome. So, yeah, please... Um, Appreciate having some music as well as uh, conversation. So, wow, yeah, great. if there's anything you'd like to start uh, with with sharing, please feel free. Yeah, I mean, um, this is obviously a very interesting, um, to put it lightly, political moment in our country. <laughs> yes. Um, so I've been struggling to find hope as, you know, um, a faith-based organizer like our job title is basically being a uh, hope dealer, you know, yes, and it's yes. hard to deal hope when, when you don't feel like you have any. Um, so some of, you know, some of these, so I, I wrote a, a few short pieces and I know Sterling's been, uh, doing some songwriting, uh, just kind of, uh, searching for hope in yeah. this, in this moment. Yeah. I think that's very important and I can definitely relate. I think many of us can relate to that, even those who are not in, in that line of work. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff and I uh, met because of his work. He was working with the PICO Network here in uh, the Bay Area doing all sorts of uh, immigration reform and that sort of thing, uh, and housing. Um, and he, you know, I was interested in doing kind of activist work and, and uh, just general like protest music, but talking to him, he was, he was dealing with an intersection between faith and really progressive politics um, that... I was just so drawn into, uh, and to have a chance to, to work with him. Uh, so we worked together at Ben the Ark for a while, uh, and have done like all sorts of different projects. It seems like just about every year, uh, he comes up with something new, like, Hey, we, it's time to, it's time to make something. And, and, um, and these projects for us, I think, you know, both of us are working in justice work, uh, which is certainly disheartening yeah. often. Yeah. Um, but these projects, like the one that we're going to share today, which is we, we've titled a peace pairing, um, you know, it's it's art that also kind of heals our souls uh, in in the meantime, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's um, some of, you know, what I've been reflecting on is how I sort of feel a responsibility, you know, coming from being a 
a trained pastor and, and, um, kind of like where faith is showing up in these struggles yes. across our country and whether it's the right side or the not so right side yes, and, yes. and whether we're showing up, um, you know, with power and, and with our people. And so this is, so I'm always, you know, I'm always grateful to be in progressive spaces as, you know, someone, as a person of faith and, and to try to do what I can to support and, and stand alongside, you know, the, those struggles. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so, so we have a few, um, pairings like like sterling mentioned we have a, a trilogy of pairings yeah so a lot of no, neither of us are good at i'll speak for myself i'm not good at math but <laughs> we have three <laughs> three couplets um that we're going to share so my um my pieces are entitled american holy days housing rest and boycott church wow and and we'll just kind of do um uh, one after another and, and you can introduce your sure your songs too right on yeah um the songs that go with it we're doing one uh called cold heart bound which is off the new westerly album that's coming out um and that's paired with american holy days uh then there's all the winners which is around um housing in san francisco and then finally uh and mm. it goes um and those span our three different westerlies three different albums um that I did a lot of the songwriting for. Oh, right on. Yeah, so some of the, you know, uh, kind of creative thinking was like how there are often pairings of, you know, beverages and food. And this is where like I was doing some writing earlier this year and I knew Sterling was working on a new album. And so, um, so we're like, let's try this idea of pairing some of my short writings with, with his songs. Yeah. And just kind of see how that, you know, some of them may be more dissonant than others or some of them might, you know, just have connections that that other people get that we don't even get. But we decided, you know, let's have have this kind of creative uh, experiment collaborating together. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we we just go ahead into it? Yeah, please do. Sweet. Fourth of July weekend, I attended a concert at the Hollywood Bowl headlined by the band Chicago because, you know, I'm hip like that. Earlier, even though it was a sold out show with an audience eager to sing along with 80s hits like You're the Inspiration, the opening act received a much bigger ovation. The U.S. Air Force Band of the Golden West opened the night by playing a medley of patriotic songs. Even in Hollywood, the crowd there went nuts. As I was standing with thousands of others, clapping my hands after a rocking chair rendition of America the Beautiful, I wondered if anything else could have elicited this level of enthusiasm. An appearance by Beyonce, Bieber, Tupac's hologram. This was the all-American trinity. Patriotic anthems, military personnel, and the 4th of July the most sacred of American holy days. 
Religious holy days are meant to remind us of our highest ideals, love and grace, humility and sacrifice, justice and peace. In contrast, American holy days, instead of inviting our imaginations into moral introspection, currently serve as a collective celebration of us. Standing there at the Hollywood Bowl, I thought about my role as the director of Ben the Arcs Community Organizing Residency, where I work with a pretty religiously diverse group. Some fast during Lent or Ramadan, others build a shelter for the high holy days of Sukkot, which just ended recently. My calendar is filled with holy days, and it's also filled with American holidays. For every Christmas and Easter, there's an annual 4th of July and Memorial Day. Congregations have choirs and cantors, prayer rituals, sacred meals, and songs, while America has marching bands, a national anthem, hot dogs, and watching with wonder as fireworks fill the night sky every July. Catholics have the Vatican, Muslims have Mecca, and America has Washington, with stone statues awaiting our pilgrimage. While only the most observant celebrate the lesser American holy day of Flag Day, even progressives who aren't known for their bumper sticker patriotism revere voting day as the ultimate expression of democracy, a sacred value of American holy days. Religion and religious holy days are given a wink and a nod in Washington with annual White House holiday parties and a national prayer breakfast. However, the most revered guests aren't representing God, but representing country, and really representing their constituencies. In Washington, self-interest is sanctified, and religion can be used when helpful and quickly and quietly discarded when not. Peter Weiner wrote on, on this in the New York Times in an article titled, The Theology of Trump. He noted how evangelical Christians who are enthusiastically supporting Donald Trump are signaling that their past moral proclamations were all for show and that power is the name of the game. Holy days should remind us that ultimately power is not the name of the game and that there's more to life than getting votes. When we celebrate national holidays as American holy days, it's easy to remain at a shallow level, collectively gazing into a mirror. That's not an inspiring image, especially in this American season of Trump. Sit cold, hot bound. You'd screaming through the TV and the radio sounds. Sit cold, hot bound. Screaming through the TV and the radio sounds it I don't wanna fight forever Waging battle in the city of American sinners Oh, feel it burn on down Say, oh, hear the rising up now Say, oh, feel it burn on down Say, oh, hear the rising up now I said, cold heart bound Screaming through the TV and the radio sound Said cold heart bound 
it screaming through the TV and the radio sound say I don't want to fight forever they're tearing through the town like a flooded river stealing houses in the city through the corporate winter say oh feel it burn on down say oh hear the rising up now say oh feel it burn on down say oh hear the rising up now I hear the rising up now I hear the rising up now Cause we've been deceived And they've been detained I see my sister holds your head up They won't break down to the shame In my America There's still a dream We're gonna be set free We're gonna be set free That's right Gonna be set free Oh, we're gonna be set free Come on Burnout feels unavoidable. A foregone conclusion, the final destination. When organizing for affordable housing in the Bay Area, there's never enough time, there's never enough money, and there's never enough power. I get it. And the issue is real. There's always another fight to be had alongside another family who's at risk of being displaced. Fighting against banks, fighting against big business, fighting against corrupt politicians. It's a good fight, and it's an endless fight. Paradoxically, time away can help. Not just a meal or an evening, but a whole day away. A day of rest, a Sabbath. 
It could be a Saturday or a Sunday or a Monday or Wednesday. I've noticed a difference in organizers after they've taken a full day of rest. Clarity of thought, clarity of purpose, and repl replenished hope. Hypergentrification counts on organizers burning out. It counts on the community giving up after a while. It rests on this expectation. But what if we didn't get so burned out that we gave up? What if we took the long view? What if we spent the time to care for ourselves, our families, and our dreams? In my experience, taking a day away can make the other days of the week more meaningful and more productive. A Sabbath away from organizing may not feel like it's moving the issue forward, but if we can avoid burnout, at least we won't be moving backwards. The same rest and rejuvenation found in a home can also be experienced in time. something keeps me waking up at night hearing voices close to whispers said you can't fake a winning fight we're all the winners all the liars greedy cutthroats corporate men I can't play the game they're playing No, I can't play the game they're playing No, I'm not one of them Well, this used to be my city It don't look the same to me With its laundered character of courage With its deformed mask of decency Where all the winners are the liars Greedy cutthroats, corporate men And I can't play the game they're playing no, no, I'm not one of them. Throwing good men in the river Just to see what kind of monsters they can be And you can sell your soul for a pound of gold But that don't make it right to me Oh When I reach that river 
my mind When I reach the river When I reach the Lord I'm gonna cut them down to size Oh When I reach the river When I reach it Oh I'm gonna speak my mind Yeah When I reach the river Oh I'm gonna cut them down to size Where all the winners are the liars Greedy cutthroats, corporate men And I can't play the game they're playing No, I can't play the game they're playing Oh, I'm not one of them As a minister, I'm urging you not to go to church this weekend. After centuries of prayers and theologies, we currently live in a country enacting state-sponsored genocide on black lives. We have failed. Until our country rectifies its original sin of racism, we should not be doing church as usual. Over the past several months, we've witnessed tens of thousands of people in cities across our country shutting down freeways, halting routine rituals of American life. Why should Sunday or Saturday morning be any different? Our country's current moral leaders are not in the church, they're in the street. And it's past time we join them. Imagine if everyone going to church this weekend instead went down to City Hall. There could be songs, readings, even sermons in public proclaiming Black Lives Matter. Imagine that sacred experience together Imagine that showing of moral power. And if bishops and church administrators really care about the life of the church, then they should care about the lives of our black sisters and brothers and come down and join us. My urging is especially for those of us non-black church folks, many of whom the Reverend Dr. King could have been thinking of when he wrote about the great stumbling block not being the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate who is more devoted to order than to justice, who constantly says, I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action. The prophets, the pulpits, and the people are in the street. Where are you? crater where the chapel lies where the holy dove dropped the bomb where the voices of the people who've been singing around the steeple sound like poison burning in the sky and they go on and on together the TV preacher says he's 
speaks for God So there's a war to be made A crystal to be saved I can still hear the deafening applause But in the masses I can hear the whispers And I'm trying just to hum along Let the earth go on and feed that bigotry and greed I can still hear the still small song And it goes I won't be lied to And I won't be held down, down It goes I won't be lied to And I won't be held down, down silence it's gonna sound so loud down hear the heart above break for the heart on the ground and in the marches cadence gonna make those mighty hear the sound the silent savior started singing now
Right on. All right. All, all of those pieces were beautiful. Thank you very much for sharing those. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, so much. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. thanks yeah. for having us. Oh. Appreciate it. Oh. <laughs> There's something really nice about music and poetry where uh, just to be able to to say things on it maybe a different level that can be difficult to say in conversation or just through through speaking. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I learned to play guitar and, and to write from playing in churches, and it became very apparent to me quickly that if we were singing about ending war, if we were singing about racial justice, if we were singing about immigration, uh, people would sing along and clap and be happy about it. It was when people started talking that there was a problem. So we tried yes. to figure out, you know, earliest bands, like, how do you merge those two? How do you both sing something revolutionary within faith spaces, but also uh, act and say things um, of, for justice, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, the, um, you know, especially during this election season when, when so many uh, organizers are working super long hours and making a lot of turnout calls and doing this kind of stuff, I think it's especially important uh, like to just kind of find music that feeds you, find poetry or prose that feeds you, you know, it, I know it's important for me. Yeah, absolutely. And as one of the, when one of the pieces that you read, the idea of just taking that time off, which I think is totally. really difficult for a lot of activists and community organizers and, and healers. And there's so many people out there who spend their lives, not just careers, but lives really doing that work, being there for other people and then feeling burnt out at the end of the day or end of the week and not having that energy to take care of themselves. It's a really great reminder to, to do so. Yeah. Yeah. And even at the end of a year or two years, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just unfortunate that the lifespan of an on the ground community organizer is so short oftentimes. Yes. Cause I think that, um, you know, the, the community doesn't win when, when that happens, right, the, right. even if, you know, there are extra hours packed into weeks, if ultimately that leads to burnout and, you know, quitting jobs and stuff, I don't think that's kind of the, the long view. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I think Saul Alinsky talks about, he says like an organizer isn't the kind of person that can hold a marriage. And I always thought, you know, meeting Jeff, uh, and you've been married. Who's, for who's, mar who's happily married, by the way. And is about to have oh. a kid. <laughs> ah. And has an amazing wife. I mean, like, I think that you've really embodied that sense of how to find the balance, how to really fight for justice, but also to um, be a, a person of justice in your own personal life and, and to be able to integrate those two things. I'm, I'm trying and failing a lot, but trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, it's definitely a difficult... Uh, difficult balance for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And these, I mean, and these issues are like urgent, right? It's yes. like if someone's going through, um, foreclosure and there's an eviction date coming up, then like you have to act now kind right. of thing. And, and what's right. happening in, in North Dakota, which I know you were talking a lot about, like it's, ur you know, it's urgent and there's like state sponsored violence going on there and, yeah. and all this. Um, so, so it's real. So just kind of, yeah, just trying to find that, yeah. that balance, I guess. Um, and in Dakota, uh, protesters realizing the need to hold on to their tradition and, and to find spaces even of prayer, I think is so powerful for what's happening. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And hopefully more people are seeing, cause a lot of this violence has been happening for 
you know, oh. hundreds of years. Right. And now yeah. with, with social media, more and more people are at least being aware of what's, what's happening. Yeah. So totally. that's one thing that makes me feel hopeful. Like, I mean, I feel yeah. folks who listen to the show or talk to me, like they know I'm pretty angry and I feel righteously angry because yeah. I'm angry at like For the sure. right things. Yeah. And I feel like if you're not angry, then it's like, how, how can you not be angry at yeah. this injustice? I yeah. do feel though, the more and more people who become aware of what's happening and also see the patterns, like just to see the police and the militarization, you know, protecting these big companies yeah, and the, yeah. the idea of serving and protecting is just such a joke. It's like, well, yeah. who are you serving and who are you protecting? And recognizing that those folks who are taking part in that, if they could just be questioned and actually have some time to think about like the jobs that they're doing and what they are doing, um, that might give them a chance to maybe put their guns down and be like, is it really worth it to partake in a, in an occupation that's harming people and the planet? Yeah. Certainly. I, I, that for me is what, um, what interests me in faith-based uh, community organizing or faith-based uh, or congregation-based justice issues is simply, I think all of us have a responsibility to each other, certainly. And when we see injustice, we have a responsibility to it. But also when you go into uh, a congregation, like these are people who have said together that they are in support of a God who is on the side of marginalizing oppressed people. They're people who are actively saying, hey, we're supposed to care about these things. So there's this stated responsibility to care. So, so when you see injustice, uh, it makes me even more frustrated when I see faith communities yes. not acting, you know? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Side note, I get really frustrated and it's really up to me to say something, but when I'm in BART and I see the folks handing out Bibles or like the, or whatever, I don't look at their literature, but it's mm -hmm. like, why aren't you handing out food? Like that would be something really concrete that you could do to help people. Like, I mean, totally. I get where they're coming from and also you can't eat a book. I love books. Don't get me wrong. Right, but right. like, <laughs> right, if you right. really, if you really want to help folks who are the most marginalized and the most vulnerable, do something concrete for them. Yeah, yeah. So it's like fi it's finding that that uh, balance of I think you know finding the sort of sanctuaries, whatever that looks like, yeah. in a lot, you know, in time and in, in space, and and then actually going out and, and acting like like yeah. Sterling was saying. And and there are certainly many organizations and places that are doing really beautiful work uh, yeah. faith-based wise um but it has to continue <laughs> absolutely and like from all sides too like i'm definitely very much anti the, the system and then also recognizing we need to establish something else because we can't just burn it down and then have nothing to go to right. so recognize that and also just working within the system for folks who are able to do that i think just from all sides and any sides possible to to make the change and to work with what we have to, to change things for the better is really important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The, the organization that I work for, so I run this, um, program for interfaith, you know, community organizers around the country and it's, it's housed in this, um, uh, well, Ben, the arc, like you mentioned, mm -hmm. um, a Jewish partnership for justice. So we work primarily as an, an organization with, uh, progressive Jews around the country. So, um, you know, with, with all of this, with Trump, uh, rising in power and, and the Republican party and, and Trumpism that has come along with yeah, it, yeah. um, and the kind of violence and, in, in, uh, language and action that, that, that's brought, you know, we have, um, sort of wondered what's our response. Cause, cause a lot of us aren't necessarily the biggest Hillary Clinton fans, um, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but our organization, you know, to, to kind of take a step of action, um, we're sending people this weekend to, um, to swing states. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm hopping on a bus early Sunday morning to go to Reno, Nevada mm -hmm. and, and, um, try to get, 
uh, new and unlikely uh, voters to get out who yeah. are going to vote not for Donald Trump. Right, so, right. <laughs> so this is like, um, yeah, anyway, so it was, um, this is a moment when we kind of had to decide, you know, it, it was like this kind of pragmatic moment. Sure. Um, where we had to, to just jump in, even though I'm, yeah, not everyone on the bus is going to be like super, you know, hardcore Hillary Clinton fan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think also just important is that it's a, there's a lot of local measures that are on the ballot this year too. So for folks, Definitely. it's a shame that there's so much attention is being paid to like this one rate, like the, the presidential election yep. and less to like local offices and propositions that are on the ballot. So totally. hopefully by getting more people out, it's not just about the presidential election, but also what's happening locally and more people can speak up that way. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I'm, yeah, as you know, uh, proposition has like a million, I mean, California has a million propositions. Yeah. Yeah. Election years. So we're, yeah, we're working on prop, uh, 55 and 57 statewide as Mm -hmm. well. Oh yes. Which is, yeah. And some of those, yeah, I think you're totally right. Like, uh, some of the local stuff that is really going to impact people's lives often gets overlooked. Yeah. Yeah, we have the uh, the pissed off voters guide. We have some booklets here at the station that folks are welcome to to pick up. That has a nice run through of all the propositions, which is really great. That's awesome. And, yeah, and I also I got. Always, oh, go ahead. I'm hell no. yes on 62 ending the death penalty. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> no, no we always yeah, that's our go to voter guide. <laughs> yeah, we jump online and check that out. And no on 60 and no on prop Q and R. Um, and also, yeah, I got the Ben the Ark postcard in the mail. Like, it's interesting how so many different organizations and candidates send out all of their p- propaganda, I think, in the mail. And it's, like, really important that folks actually look at it and see who's paying for it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I've, I got a, a bunch of phone calls, which was really great, uh, for Jane Kim mm-hmm. this week. And I was like, oh, cool, people, you know, people are on the phones for her. And yeah. then I saw, like, some Instagram, like, negative ads, um, against her so yep and then yeah it's interesting you know kind of who's with uh big tech and who's not yep (laughs) yeah (laughs) who's sponsoring those bills yeah where those things i was definitely i was impressed to have real people calling me and unimpressed to have these these ads bashing her on on instagram yeah yeah. definitely yeah scott wiener has quite some he's got some money in his pocket so i guess he can hire people to do his bidding yeah yeah so it seems yeah. <laughs> and getting back to one of the ideas that was mentioned in one of the, the, um, in one of your pieces, the yeah. idea of like people, people are like protesting and then there are a lot of people on the outside being like, don't protest like that. And that yeah. makes me so fucking angry. Cause it's like, wh- people are getting shot by the police. Like what? What, what is the right way to protest? Like, what are people totally. going to think? You don't like people kneeling for the anthem. You don't like yeah. people blocking traffic. You don't like people smashing up Donald Trump's fucking star on the, you know, like, what is it? Yeah. Like, people are standing up against fascism. What? What? Right. <sighs> Sorry, I'm going to like. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just no. it's so like, provide some other ideas, you know, yeah. it's instead of just because you don't support it or don't like the, the way they're doing it. Why? Right. Why do you have to be upset at the people who are doing it? Exactly. Yeah. No, I totally Totally agree. And that, that piece I wrote in the summer, um, you know, when there was a particular like flare up and, um, the, uh, my boycott church piece, um, with, with Alton Sterling and, um, uh, Castillo, um, getting shot and, and murdered in, in the street. And like people, you know, were, people were going to city hall, but I wasn't seeing, like, uh, the faith community out in force, like Mm. it could be, you know, I, it was just a moment where, where I felt like, 
like this is a record that keeps getting replayed in our country and like something we need to start doing more yeah. and doing things differently so this doesn't keep getting replayed yeah so as a as a faith leader you know that's where i just thought of my own community and like why don't I mean, seriously, we can basically have church at City Hall, mm. you know, like that's like, yeah, just take yeah. everyone there and 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 protest um, so that Black Lives Matter like they should in our country. And and we can we can, you know, have church publicly there that like that's fine. But we mm. need to we need to be showing up, you know, more and, and better. And I think with, with one of the first pieces on American Holy Days, the people who are always saying, you know, like, don't protest that way, they usually are glorifying the American Holy Days of Voting Day as if, like, this is the only way yes. that we're supposed to be patriotic. Yeah. Um, but, like, a community organizer or whoever, like, that's not a job that happens once a year or once every four years. Right, it's, right. It's every day with these acts of protest or, or in any... Finding, finding these ways to, to be involved in the political system and involved in your own communities. Yeah, and that's something else I think that needs to be talked about is that there are people who are very vocal online. Like I'm, I post a lot of stuff online too, but then after election day, I want to see people actually hold the people that they elect for accountable. Like right. there's a lot of folks who I yeah. feel, there's some folks who are kind of with Hillary before anyway, but then now I feel a lot of people view her just because they're so afraid of Trump. And I want all those folks who are dedicated to voting for her, and I'm pretty sure she's going to get elected. Like I'm not pretty sure that's going to happen. And I do want the folks who have supported her to hold her accountable if and when these new wars start, if and when there's like yeah. the, you know, the Wall Street, all this yeah. other other things happen. Yeah. I would like to see people speak up and say, hey, I don't want this. Yeah. And I, I hope people will do that. Completely. Yeah, that's what I, you know, I think people were um, sort of in a like they thought our country was in a honeymoon or something after 2008 when yes. when President well, Obama was elected yeah. and then uh, and then there wasn't that happening it was yeah. like um, you know there was un- unity with with Congress and the presidency and there's still there wasn't that kind of force from yes. from the ground up yes. um, that that continued after he was elected and so there wasn't as much that that got done during that time yeah. Yeah, I think there was also so much relief that having not having W in office anymore. That right. was kind of yeah, I remember it was like a collective like yeah. yeah, I was like in New York Sigh at the time and people were Sigh. like dancing yeah. on the car, everyone was like celebrating and I, you know, I'm Green Party person, but yeah. like or anarchy you know, I'm kind of like nothing, but anyway, yeah. there's still like the sense of relief of totally this, getting out of that era. Yeah, absolutely, but then also recognizing we're still stuck with the what was already established in that era and even before and we're still dealing with what happened in the 80s like we're yeah. still living living with the results of that reagan's days yeah so how do we how do we undo that and how do we build something new yeah for sure (sighs) well (laughs) on that lovely note (laughs) we're coming about to the end so if you'd like to play us out with any music or any words you're you're all welcome to sure yeah um yeah i'll do one more for you yeah sounds good this one is on westerly's first album i'm just like shamelessly plugging things (laughs) Slowly in that morning light 
And I fell down on my knees to pray I was raging from a mother's eyes Who'd seen her children blown away And I prayed when When will the bullets end? When will this sickness stop and a new earth begin? When will the people see, Lord, when will they stand? Cause I heard heavens on the side of the revolution, yes I did. Greatest minds of my generation lost To chemicals in those schools and in those parking lots I saw the government refuse to talk To the protesters who were picketing on their sidewalks And they screamed when When will the bullets end? When will the sickness stop and a new earth begin? When will the people see, Lord, when will they stand? Cause I heard heavens on the side of the revolution, oh. And I broke down when that news came on. The lights from that TV and that media's sad song. But we go on. Because we're stronger than Washington or the Pentagon And I can see it in my mother's eyes In the vibrations I feel on the street Oh, oh, oh the saints, they said the Savior did arise They felt him and they heard him speak And she said, oh, 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 oh There'll be peace someday, yes there will I said, oh, 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 oh There'll be peace someday eyes in the vibrations I feel them on the street oh, 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 oh the saints they said the Savior did arise they felt him son of God why won't you speak and she said oh, 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 oh. there'll be peace someday yes there will I said oh, 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 oh. Someday I said, oh, 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 there'll be peace someday, yes, there will. Oh, 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 there'll be peace someday.
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks All right. Roman. Yeah, thanks, Roman. So, yeah, Appreciate it. Big thank you to Jeff and Sterling for joining us. Any last words you'd like to share with the listeners? Uh, get out and vote and not for Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, thanks again so much for being here. Thank you all the listeners for listening in. You're listening to Mute to Me Radio. This is the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2. Coming up next at 2 p.m. is Women's Magazine with Global Val, followed by the Common Thread Collective. Everyone have a wonderful, safe week. Be kind to each other. Um, Smash some fascism where you see it. Speak up. And have a lovely week. And we'll be back next week. on a raft without a patter. We'll gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 